The home video update is sponsored by you. Yes, you. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash home video update to join as a patron to unlock exclusive membership benefits. Thank you for supporting the home video update. Hey guys, it's Mike. It's just after 9.30 on the 18th of November 2022 and we're back for a new episode. I say we, obviously the raw we because it's only me here and no one else this time. Um, I am looking, but now that my um, hours are sort of freeing up a little bit to get more guests on, hoping to get Spencer back again just because I really enjoyed him being on and a few other people to talk about some specialist stuff here and there. Um for now, you're just going to have to live with little old me. Um, I have watched a little bit, so we'll get into what I've been watching sort of straight away. Um, first thing I watched is I wanted to sort of wallow in some 90s sound mixes uh, based on last week, talking about the shadow and things like that. So I watched um, Small Soldiers, Joe Dante Small Soldiers. I saw this in the cinema. I loved it when it came out. Um, I didn't get it on Laserdisc, actually, weirdly. I think I got it on DVD when it came out. Um... Because it was 1998, wasn't it? I think it was on Laserdisc. It was like a very late release Laserdisc. Um, I even had DTS one as well. I'll have to have a look at that, actually. Um, I've always liked it. I think it's fun. It's a lesser Joe Dante film. I think um, The Hole is a better film. I know many people didn't watch that, and it's really good in 3D. For some reason, the 3D Blu-ray was really expensive for quite a while. Um, and for some reason, that's kind of dropped off, maybe because of the popularity of 3D or they didn't print many. Um, I managed to get it really, really, really cheap um, used. So I've got the original 2D version before I had a 3D TV. And then when I got a 3D TV, which is now my bedroom set, um, I got the 3D version as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's fun for what it is. It's basically gremlins with action figures, which isn't a bad idea for a filmmaker. You already go ready. Um, yeah, which is it's fun and it's different and it's I think it's well worth watching if you haven't seen it at all or haven't seen it for years. Obviously, one of Phil Hartman's last films. Um, they did have to edit the um, the trailers at one point because the trailers show him getting shot and obviously, unfortunately, that's how he was murdered. So, yeah, it's kind of hard um, going back to something like that and going listen to like I listen to Talking Simpsons episodes so hearing about you know phil hartman and what we lost with him when he died unfortunately i say died he was murdered um yeah the sound mix is very good i'm gonna have to get a new version of it though i've got the one for medium rare slash fabulous films which isn't very good 
Um, the Paramount version isn't great either. It looks like the German version looks best. Um, it's actually got color. It's not all blown out. It looks like a newer master. So I'm going to have to have a look at that at some point. Um, I then was flicking around. Now, this is a film I don't like watching because it's very manipulative. Um, it's a Harold Becker movie from the same year, 1998. Um, it's, it's one of these films that has the magic autistic child. And I have not yawned all morning. I've been up since 6am and I've not yawned until I get on this thing, which is, you know, apparently the way it goes. Um, yeah, I watched Mercury Rising um, with Bruce Willis. Um, yeah, it's still very manipulative, um, like using the kid, putting him in danger all the time and using the way he talks and the way he emotes um, to elicit an emotional response is very cheap, I think. Um, but the action is pretty good for what it is. I think Alec Baldwin, I'm currently watching 30 Rock on Freebie, so seeing him obviously in a bad guy role, sort of doing that thing with obviously what we know about Alec Baldwin now, and obviously he wasn't Oh, go Ray. He wasn't unproblematic before he murdered someone. Talking about murders, a theme here apparently. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's got a very good sound mix. It's got a great John Barry score, a very late John Barry score. Um, obviously, sadly, John Barry no longer with us. It is fantastic. It does feel at times like a lost James Bond score, which is kind of interesting to hear. And it's a shame that. You know, it's kind of gone forever that people don't recognise it. I think people mostly think of John Barry for things like the Bond scores, but he was sometimes at his best way wasn't doing a Bond score. <gasps> really? <clears throat> Yawning again. So, yeah, so it's something like um, Dancer's Walls, I think, is one of his best scores because he does go outside of his box a little bit. Um and I think it's probably the most memorable thing about the movie, really. It's it's still decent. It's still fun. It's got its moments. It's certainly worth watching. Um, I then watched um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, I haven't seen this since I saw it in the cinema. I saw it on IMAX, and I think I also saw it on a normal scope screen. And I loved it. It was fully embiggened for IMAX, 1.90 to 1, the whole film. I think it uses the IMAX. IMAX the expanded ratio better because some of the cg especially at the end with the dragons and all this other stuff it does take up a lot of screen real estate and it did help um i still like it i still think it's one of my favorites of phase four um i like that i like black widow um and i basically watched it because um did i check it in no so i've missed something else i watched on my check-ins list so um I, before that I watched this, I rewatched Black Panther. Um, so I watched the 4K Blu-ray, which is one of two only Dolby Vision discs that Disney released and everyone cries about. Um, I was going to watch the IMAX version of Disney+. Plus. Well, my internet connection was being used in the background. So I decided, look, I'll break out the 4K disc. And for a, a disc that's at-moused, as it's being called, um, it isn't that bad. The sound is actually quite dynamic. It's nowhere near as bad as Thor Ragnarok. That is by far the worst sounding disc, by far. This actually has a bit of punch and a bit of hit to it. Obviously, the soundtrack helps with that. But I rewatched these two because I actually decided to get the hell out of this town and drive an hour and a half in each direction to go to my local IMAX, local in inverted commas, 
Um, I was going to go um, to my nearest screen X, which is actually a little bit nearer. It's about an hour, 10 minutes in each direction. So about a two hour drive versus a three hour drive. However, I went to see what um, Black Panther. Oh, my God. Black Panther Wakanda forever. Um, and they were only showing it twice a day in the screen X. Nothing else was being shown, but only that twice a day. Uh, it showed at three o'clock. So for a nearly three hour, three hour something movie, I wouldn't be home till like seven, eight o'clock. It wasn't really worth it. I like going to an early showing of a movie. So I went down to Plymouth, which is my local IMAX, and um, saw it in there. Now, it is a, um, a proper IMAX screen. So it is a decent size. It is four by three slash 1.3, three to one, 1.4, four to one, whatever it is. Proper size, proper decent IMAX screen. However, for some reason, and it's not like it's an old legacy screen, it's a brand new screen. It's like a four-year-old screen. Um, they decided to put a Xenon 2K projector in there. Now, for a Marvel film that's obviously shot in 2K with a 2K master, does it really matter? Not really. It's just about that laser obviously would be better. Dual laser would be even better than that. And you get better light and all this other stuff and you know it would fill it's it's been expanded to fill the screen so the more you can get it's like same when you upscale something up to a 4k screen it would look better however i don't think it's all that bad now i don't recall i was thinking about this this morning seeing anything in 3d in that screen i don't think i have um i might go and see way of water in there i'm not too bothered about seeing it um but i haven't seen good 3d and imax 3d i've seen um what did i see i saw um the last jedi i saw endgame i saw infinity war and guardians of the galaxy i think were the only ones i saw in imax 3d there might be more um doctor strange that was amazing but yeah i want to see something with decent 3d and imax 3d because it's the best 3d there is um, but yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be bothered to go and see it, but I went to see this. Um, I liked it on the whole. Um, I obviously don't like the lead actress. She's an anti-vaxxer and seems to be quite a terrible person outside of acting, um, like most actors are. Um, I'm not a big fan of her at all. The rest of the sport cast are great. Uh, it's, the action's actually quite epic. There are some bits that are very good. Um, it goes on way too long. You probably have about 40 minutes cut from it and not suffer. Um, they do treat the Chadwick Boseman thing with respect and do it quite well. And yeah, some of the action scenes, especially at the end, are very good. Um, obviously, it's only 1.90 to 1 for the IMAX scenes. There's not much IMAX in it. Now, there's some stuff going on on Reddit and things like this where people are discussing like which, how much content there is. There isn't a lot, which really bugged me because Screen X has got about 60 minutes. So it's about a third of the movie, whereas this is about 25, 30 minutes is what people are saying. So less. That's why I wanted to go to see it in Screen X. But I couldn't find, obviously, a way to go and see it that wouldn't wreck my only real day off. So I thought, well, you know, I'll go see it in IMAX. And it was quite good. Some of the scenes were good. The bit at the end was good because it's quite an epic fight and it's embiggened for most of it. And it looks great. The only problem is... A lot of it's quite dull and dark, and God knows what it's like in 3D, because you probably can't see anything. It's very misty and grey, and it just doesn't look very good. But the bits at the end in, like, 
bright sunlight and the fights in bright sunlight are actually really good. And there's a bit um, quite near the beginning where a um, military sort of exploration ship gets boarded and that's really tense and really well done. I think that Ryan Cougar actually can do decent action and it definitely shows in this. So that was worth seeing. It was good to see it like at a proper, proper cinema. Um, then yesterday I watched Green Zone. I don't know why I got onto this. I saw it in the cinema and really liked it. Now, I don't like the Bourne films that Paul Greengrass did, especially Jason Bourne. I think that's a, just a terrible movie. I just don't think it's very good at all. Um, but I thought, no, I'm going to go see... i go see. So I went to see Green Zone because at the time I really was into Bourne in general and Matt Damon was in his big resurgence sort of thing and everyone really liked Matt Damon. So I thought, hey, I'll go and see this. And then um, I quite liked it. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I always quite enjoyed it. So I thought, hey, you know, it's it's definitely worth going to see again. Um, so I went to see it twice in the cinema, I'm pretty sure. And then I bought the Blu-ray Steelbook when it first came out. And sure enough, um, I, I liked it again. So I haven't probably seen it since it came out. Um, so when that Blu-ray Steelbook came out, it was, what, 2010? Yeah, so... I don't think I've watched it since, and I watched it again. I was only sort of half watching it, but it's actually really quite good. It's a good little political thriller. The action's quite good. Yes, it's got the shaky cam stuff. That's kind of what he does. You know, it's it's the way he does his films. He does shaky cam. That's what it looks like. It's not great. Um, but if you can get over that and you don't mind it as much, um, and I minded it in the Bourne films because I think that Doug Lyman did the best Bourne film with the first one. So I don't, I'm not a big fan of it, um, like the way that he shoots his movies. However, this was, I think, a better film. And because of the the nature of like the war and all this other stuff, it made sense that it was all shaky and all gritty and all this other stuff. So it kind of works for me. Um, and then last night I watched Cloverfield, the original Cloverfield um, from 2008. Saw this in the cinema, um, bought it on Blu-ray. And I've got the 4K double pack with that and 10 Cloverfield Lane. And I haven't watched either of them. So I was just looking around for something to watch. And um, yeah, apart from TJ Miller being you know, a nasty piece of shit. Um, and now we all know this. It still holds up. It's still quite fun. Obviously, Matt Reeves has gone on to do much bigger and better things. And become Matt Reeves, which is, you know, um, from going on to like Planet of the Apes and Batman and all this other stuff. It's... It's kind of cool, and it's a shame that it hasn't kind of let's just say it hasn't gone where we thought it was going to go. You know, like Ted Cloverfield Lane was great. Don't get me wrong; it's a fantastic movie, but obviously the Cloverfield Paradox or whatever it was, and I still think it should have been that um, they should have made Life a Cloverfield movie. I think that was a better idea because. It would fit into the idea um, of something like that. Or, you know, life was also to, to be like a Venom movie. Like the thing they find in there was the symbiote, which even makes more sense. Um, but they made their choices and they killed their franchise, even though they're still talking about doing an actual sequel to the original Cloverfield, which would be stupid. Matt Reeves would be crazy to come back. He's got Batman. He doesn't need to do anything else for the rest of his life. He can do that and always Batman TV shows and all the other things that he's doing. Um I'll get on to some pickups and some bits and bobs that have come through. So um, I've had this ongoing thing with Amazon Italy where 
I order stuff. It comes through bent or broken. Uh, my the Batman Stillbeck had three equidistant dots stamped in it, which was annoying. Um, then I had Godzilla come the 2014 Godzilla, um, right? Gareth Edwards or Gareth Evans, which I can always get those two confused. Um, that was basically obliterated. It was like someone had kicked the steelbook down the stairs. It was very cheap, but not the point. So I'm a little bit annoyed about this. My June steelbook came through completely fine, weirdly. And I got my Eagle, uh, Eagle Pictures version of Highlander came yesterday. Um, and it was bent in half, literally. Luckily, the discs are fine. So I went on with Google Translate in Italian and complained in Italian um, to them. It took about a day. And they agreed to refund my last four or five orders, I think it was, completely. So I keep the discs and they give me a refund. Now, they accidentally refunded me for open range, which was fine, but I don't really care. I'll take the refund. However, they, um, yeah, screwed up the steelbook. So, I mean, I've already got the Collects Edition. I only really wanted the disc, but I wanted the steelbook as well. And it's good I got it for free. I've basically taken the disc completely out of the um, steelbook and put it in the Collects Edition Studio Canal. So I've got the Eagle 4K and the other 4K in there to compare. Having a quick look, it doesn't look like you've beaten Fidelity in Motion this time. I think Fidelity in Motion, again, always do the better encode and it does look better. Um, but it's still kind of cool to have um, because I've got now these two versions. And if there are any differences that come up later on, at least I've got them and I got it for free. A bit of a stupid way of going about it, but hey, here we go. Um, a couple of editions I got digitally. Now, I'm not a big digital person. If there's a sale on um, and it's really, really cheap, I will pick some stuff up. Because there's some stuff that is only available, you know, in 4K or, you know, a certain version via streaming or buying digitally. So I don't really do it that often, but I do do it every now and again. Um, and normally when it's only a sale. So... I've got alerts set up on Hot UK Deals, so they give me like an alert when something goes cheap or there's a guy who posts on there who does like the iTunes sales and things like that. So I can watch it through my Fire, K T Fire TV 4K. So, yeah, I'll touch on it a little bit. It's home home video in a way. Um, I picked up Army of Darkness and City of Lost Children. I think they're $1.99 each. Uh, I was hoping that both of them get upgraded to 4K because there are 4K masses of both of them now, but... They are released through different people, um, different distributors in the US. So uh. um, American Psycho. I'm not a big fan of Christian Bale anymore. Um, really do not like the guy. I loved American Psycho. And this was, I think, two ninety nine. So if I want to watch it, I can watch that. I've got the Blu-ray. I never sprung out on the 4K. It's something I'd buy in a 2 for 30 or a 3 for 30 or like a really big deal. So just to have it if I want to watch it is good. Um because I'm stuck with an Atmos soundtrack and I'm really annoyed about it, I got Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2 because it was 5 99 for both or 2 99 for Wayne's World. So stupid not to. Um, I've already got the Blu-rays. So Wayne's World 2 basically looks like the Wayne's World 2 Blu-ray. But Wayne's World is now Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos 4K. Now, that's fine. The disc would be better, obviously, because it would look better. Paramount, mm, you never can tell, but it would look better in theory. So I picked those up mainly because 
I've got no choice of an Atmos soundtrack. If it was an original soundtrack on the disc, I would obviously go for the disc, but I'm not paying them stupid amounts of money for something that I don't want to hear. Interesting notes on the soundtrack. It's kind of come up that the No Stairway, the first couple of uh, notes he plays on the guitar, the chords he plays on the guitar, are now back from the original theatrical version, which is fantastic. It's never been seen before, apart from, you know, when you saw it originally in the cinema. So fantastic, great. But Dreamweaver's changed, and people are trying to figure out whether it was changed after the cinema like No Stairway was, which is kind of what people are thinking now, um, or if it was changed since. So um, I'll touch on it a little bit later, but I now have um, a way of checking the original VHS version and capturing it as well. So I'm going to have a look at that later on and see if there's any differences with that, because I can't remember the VHS. I watched that VHS, like I ran it into the ground, so hopefully it still works. Um, but yeah, it's kind of neat to go back to these, and they do look very good. The first one's a very good remaster. Um, looking at the sales as well, um, I have a big, big fandom, and I saw them in the cinema. I saw all of these films in the cinema with you. Um, for Along Came the Spider and Kiss the Girls, which are the Morgan Freeman starring um, Alex Cross movies. I know they redid it with Tyler Perry, and it's not great. Um, but this is genuinely good. Especially Kiss the Girls, I think. Long Came Spider, which is a prequel, isn't as good, really. Kiss Girls is great, mainly because they're both 199 and Kiss Girls is 4K on there. So I wanted to watch it again the other week anyway, so I thought, well, why the hell wouldn't I? It's not going to hurt, is it? I could just whack it on there and it'll just be fun to watch and just see what happens. So, yeah, I picked those up because they were like stupid, stupid cheap more than anything else. Um... I still wait for my Robin Hood to come. Hopefully that will dispatch pretty soon. Um, the Arrow release. Um, I'm going to stop spending on stuff now because, to be honest, I've spent way too much. And you, there's only so much money in the world, isn't there? Um, but yeah, it's um, it's interesting to see you know people rise up to the fact that Paramount are absolutely garbage terrible and they always have been people always sing about universal paramount was just as bad if not worse so people thinking that you know this is a new thing for them or whatever else um i know they've always been bad unfortunately in fact sometimes they've been worse so people thinking that this is a new thing or you know whatever else no they, they've always been garbage so them screwing up things like uh plane trains and automobiles which doesn't look that egregious in my view i've only seen the um stills and things um i'm not saying it's good don't get me wrong it's not good but it's it doesn't look as bad as some of their other previously terrible things um so that's something at least it's still shit um but then you know they've got issues with like a million other discs and it's getting really really stupid now how they're getting into you know just why can't you release a good version of something why can't it just be good why can't you spend your time finding a good master and doing really good stuff with it um so getting into the news we've got a little bits here and there final cut entertainment are releasing body of evidence the madonna getting her boobs out movie which is pretty much all it is because it's not very good um 
but it has got um, some stuff with Ken Newman on there, which is kind of fun. Um, and some wax dripping nonsense. Um, it's the full uncut version of the film, which I think has been fully uncut in the UK for pretty much ever, to be honest. I don't remember it being cut in the UK. I always thought it was uncut here and cut in the US because obviously the UK hates violence, the Americans hate sex. So I think that's it. Because um, there was an unrated and r-rated version obviously so there are always little differences and things but it'd be good to see an hd master of something i mean it's not a good film don't get me wrong but it's good to see you know new versions of things um one of one films is releasing a standard version of ghost watch on the 12th december if i was to pick up ghost watch and i watched it when it's first on um i'd get this version there's no way i'd get like a collector's edition of something that was done in standard definition, you know, as a a silly little thing on BBC One. Scared the shit out of me as a kid, though. I'm not going to lie. Um, we have 20th Century Studios releasing The Banshees of Inishin. Currently in my top five films of the year. Might be my favourite film of the year. Um, they actually have some decent special features. We've got a making of, deleted scenes... Um, no commentary, which is a shame. Obviously, this will go straight on Disney Plus in the UK. Um, it's coming out on December 20th. And yeah, I'll pick it up because I really liked it. It's um, it's a shame it hasn't got a 4K released um, announced straight away because I'd definitely buy that. And talking of Paramount, they're releasing Big, Big Night, rather. Um, a Stan, Stanley Tucci movie, which is pretty damn fantastic and more people should see this if they haven't um it's just a shame i think that it's going to get to the point where um you don't know what's going to happen with um (laughs) with paramount because chances are it's going to be pretty shit um it could be a very very old crappy master and then God knows, to be honest, it's just probably going to be crap. Imprint have announced their new releases for February. So we have The Mountain with Spencer Tracy and Robert Wagner, a film I remember seeing, but don't remember much about. Um, Decent extras with um, new audio commentary. Um, Something to Live For with Joan Fontaine. Um, A new 2022 scan on that one, which is fantastic. Um, Carrie with Lance Olivier. Sir Lawrence Olivier, um, with a new audio, new audio commentary, rather. And the really weird one, which is The Bad News Bears Go to Japan, which I'm pretty sure is the third Bad News Bear movie, um, which is... Okay, I mean, it's it's good this stuff's coming out. Like I said, I'd rather have them out than not out, but it's strange. Um, Hurry Sundown, um, Otto Pregnant... Uh, I can never say his name properly. Otto Preminger, thank you. Uh, movie um resurrection which is a film i've never heard of it's ellen burston movie but it doesn't it doesn't ring a bell for me at all it might be something i used to watch like um um really 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 weird um like vhs's and they used to have the trailers for random stuff on so you it could have been something along those lines Paramount again, uh, releasing Peter Weir's Gallipoli, which is a fantastic movie. Peter Weir has very rarely made a bad movie. Obviously, Mel Gibson is Mel Gibson now, so (laughs) 
it's just a shame they're still not putting out young Sherlock Holmes. I mean, come on, Paran out, get it the hell out. Um, next, we have Criterion's February releases. Um, yeah. So we'll leave the best till last, in my view. So we have the Three Colors trilogy, 4K Blu-ray, which is fine. They're double dipping again. So we have Bleu, um, Rouge, and Blanc. So red, white, and blue. Great. Brand new 4K restorations. With 5.1 soundtracks, which is really weird for the age of them, but okay, I suppose so. Um, Roman Juliet, the Franco Zeffirelli version, which is cool. It's 4K restoration. It's got the original mono, which is fantastic. Um, two films by Margaret Duras, India Song and Baxter Vera Baxter. Never heard of either of them. Not not my type of thing, apparently. Um, Hollywood Shuffle, which is um, a Robert Townsend um, film about black actors in Hollywood, I think, um, which is great. It's got 4K restoration of the film. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing that, to be fair, but I would be picking up Days Confused. It's one of my favourite Richard Linklater movies. I think it's perfect. The original Blu-rays were still from, like, an ancient, ancient master. And always looked terrible. So it's fantastic. They've got 4K master, the director's cut. I don't know what the director's cut is. They keep saying director's cut, but Criterion do this a lot. And they'll say, it's the director's cut. But is it? Is it a director's cut? Or is it just the director's said that's fine? Has it changed? I don't think it has. Um, I don't think there's any more than one version of Dazed and Confused. I think there's literally one version and that's it. There might be like TV versions and stuff, you know, but there's never been... A different version of it so okay great um it has um the uh, 5.1 soundtrack shame it hasn't got a 2.0 soundtrack but okay um it's got no new extras which is a shame and i just wish criteria were doing something different rather than re- double dipping their stuff and i also wish someone like an arrow or someone else was getting it so we have options for these things because the Criterion stuff normally isn't that well encoded and normally has just a price tariff that I don't think it really, you know, justifies. I don't think there's any reason that they should be as expensive as they are for what you get out of them. I think if they were better quality, it would make more sense, but I don't think they are, really. Um, and last but not least, the more, most exciting thing for me, anyway, is Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. Now, I've gone on record, and apparently on podcasts... Um, or just this one, saying that the last good thing Peter Jackson directed that I fully wholeheartedly loved was The Frighteners. I don't think anything since, apart from The Lovely Bones is okay, but I don't think he's any good anymore. I think he's lost his edge. I think he's he just hasn't got it, and this has got a little bit of that left. So, Turbine in the US, um, and I've been trying to order it all morning, and it won't let me because their site's down. I don't know if it's crashed because they're so busy or something else, but it wouldn't let me on. To, a, to be able to buy it, which is frustrating as hell. Uh, but I'm desperate to buy this. Our turbine can always be trusted. For every no escape, you know, there's the running man. So you don't know, but they have done the restoration. So Arrow in their release, when that comes out, will have the same restoration because they have done it. Um, it's restored from the original 35 negative in 4K resolution. 
Um, unfortunately, it's in consultation with Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson is a fucking idiot. Because if you've seen Get Back or They Won't Grow Old or whatever else he's done recently, it's all DNR. There's no grain. It's overly smooth. It looks shocking. Either he needs glasses or he needs a bag to the head or something because he's ruined so many things. Get Back would have been stunning if it was left alone. It's just embarrassing. So I worried, especially since this is six, 66 0.66 euros it's a lot of money um <coughs> it's out on december 2nd which is quite close um it has a dolby atmos mix created on the director's cut pro tools project so it's allowed dialogue and music to be re-embedded into the 3d sound mix thus an additional dolby atmos mix was created for the english language version so they've made a brand new mix based on the original stems which is good if you're going to do it um, however, I don't give a shit about that, but it has got a 5.1 track, which is great because it was a great track and a 2.0 track, which is also great. Happy about that. Weirdly, now this is a six disc release. So what are on these six discs? Well, the film was shot in the Super 35 format, exposing an image that contains more information top and bottom than theatrical format formatted to 2.35 to 1. So addition creates a widescreen version authorized by Peter Jackson in 1.78 to 1 and 16.99 respectively the first time showing more content up top and bottom and that's the director's cut so it's got the um the making off from the 90s lace disc which is fantastic it's a great lace disc set that that um universal collects edition um and it's got a new exclusive documentary for turbine where christian grenzel who got members of the cast and crew in front of the camera or webcam and interviews made during covid 19 pandemic uh, so it's got a 95-minute documentary, four-hour making of documentary for The Vault, which is upscaled for the Blu-ray. Um, it's got a 196-page book, which is probably all in German. And yeah, so it's got a lot of good stuff. It's got some good art. I think the new art version is actually probably the one I'd go for over the standard face, because I've got the face on everything else. Um so the UHD is the director's cut. It's got German Atmos and English Atmos, 5.1 in English and 2.0 in English, which is great. The director's cut has the same and the open map version has the same as well. So it's the same mix and everything else. They have released promotional stills, which are great, um, grainy. They've got some quite fine grain on and they look very nice. Can't see any DNR. So if they're representative of what the disc looks like, Happy days, because it will look great. It's fantastic. Um, so, do you trust Peter Jackson, I think, is the part of it. But no, I don't trust Peter Jackson. Um, I think he's full of shit, and I think that this should be a worry for people, because I don't think that he's able to do something... I can trust him with, if you know what I mean. Um, I'd like to be able to trust it. But the thing is, if they've done the restoration, it's under Peter Jackson's... Um, what do we call it? Under Peter Jackson's... Um, oh, what do we call it? Purview or whatever, or his say-so then obviously it's going to be an issue because 
he's going to have it that way on the arrow release or any other release or whatever else. So no matter what you do, you're going to be stuck. It's just the encode. So I think turbines should be fine. Um, the arrow probably be a lot cheaper than this. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I am literally going to try and buy it right now. It is quite expensive, but I'm going to try and do it anyway. Uh, bum, 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 and see if I can get it through. Because if I can, then fantastic. Um, this is this is fascinating, isn't it? It's it's me shopping live on live on a podcast. Um, no, I don't want to use Windows. Hello, go away, Windows. Do 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 do, and it should have gone through, I think. 77 euros 17 cents or whatever the euros people use approved payment i spent way too much recently i just literally just said the words i'm not going to spend any more um and however i've just spent that but hey um i i really love the frighteners i think it's fantastic so i have literally just bought that live on this podcast hey um yeah i'm quite excited for that quite happy about it i think it's great um so I want to dip in a little bit to a little bit of what we're going on about last week. So this week I have been mostly been involved with Super Audio CDs. So a pretty much dead format. Vinyl. Um, I bought Madonna's Something to Remember, um, which is a compilation done in the 90s of her ballads. Uh, mainly because I want Rain. I think Rain is a really underrated, really good Madonna song, really well produced. And it's on Erotica, which for some reason is really expensive on vinyl and on everything else. So I realized it's on this and it's got some really, really good um, tracks on it as well. It's got um, the, obviously the title track, Something to Remember, um, which is from um, For Honours, I think it was called. Um which was, I'm just Googling this because I don't, with honours. Brendan Fraser. Yes, that was it. Joe Pesci, Brendan Fraser. Um, I'll remember. Yep. With Madonna. Yeah. Theme from, with honours for Madonna. Um, yeah. So it, it was, so, you know, this into these like old formats and stuff. And then yesterday, I've been looking online for quite a bit. I really, 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 really wanted Pie in the Sky. Panasonic did a VHS player with a Blu-ray recorder built in. That thing is hideously expensive. No matter what you try, if you can find one that works, if you can find one that works, that's great. But it's going to be stupidly, stupidly, stupidly expensive. Um, it's... Yeah, it's it's really hard to find anything like that. So Panasonic are going to be the best ones for this because theirs rarely break. And I managed to find a DVD recorder with a VHS player built in. So it's a E47V unit. It's got an HDMI out, which is what I really wanted. So I can upscale VHS to the heady heights of 1080p. Um, and yeah, I can also record... VHS to DVD, which is what I'm doing right now um, as we speak. I got a, in the charity shop, I've never seen the case before. It was more the case that attracted me than anything, the clamshell case. 
um, is really weird. I've got the Beatles Magical Mystery Tour, which I'm currently recording to a DVD-R right now. Um, I got some plus R's, single layer, 4.7 gigs. Because I thought I had tons from when I used to burn stuff, but not anymore. And I've got some dual layers coming just to experiment and mess around. Now, obviously, it can only deal with standard definition. There's no way to input high definition sources into it and record in high definition. So you're stuck with um, standard definition digital transmission. So it's got digital tuner. It does pick up stuff. I recorded um, half an episode of Top Gear as the first test because it was on like earlier this morning when I pressed record. Um, and it worked fine. Um, the VHS upscaling is actually quite good. Um, it's not terrible i mean vhs is probably the worst format i own by far but this is getting the best out of it um it's obviously getting the the hi-fi audio out of it the picture's being upscaled to 1080p it's got a decent head in it it's a decently built thing and it can also record which is kind of neat so you can record dvd to vhs and vice versa so it looked like it was recording fine while i left it but obviously macrovision could get in the way and it could change this and that and move stuff around now i am obviously a guy who lives at the cutting edge of this stuff and you know this most stuff i've just told you about you know imax watching stuff in the cinema and watching stuff on 4k disc you know that's kind of what i do but yeah, i've got a huge amount of lace discs i've got very few vhs left now i used to have thousands and obviously gave them away threw them away over the years which some i don't care about some i wish i didn't i've got a few here and there um which i've thrown in and tried out and some of the results are quite interesting but when do you stop you know how far can you go back and have a look at these things and still enjoy them i mean i've said before on the podcast things like slipstream the mark hamill movie by Stephen J. Lesberger. It's like the only way to watch that in a decent widescreen version is on the Japanese Lace Disc, which I own. I could dub it to DVD if I want to now. I could plug it into the back of that thing, record it to a um, dual-layer DVD in high quality. I could rip it to, you know, the PC. I could crop it, upscale it, AI upscale on it, all that other stuff. But how far are you moving away from this stuff? I mean... A lot of these fan restorations are fine, and I do like quite a lot of them, but I'm more about preservation than restoration because, like Beatles Get Back and all this other stuff, it doesn't always end up for the best. Some of it ends up really, 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 really bad. Um, and where do you draw the line? Because preservation's fine. Getting something um, like scanning a film print and doing a little bit of cleanup to get rid of scratches and pops and cracks and all that other stuff, that's fine. That makes sense. But getting a VHS tape of something, unless there's something special on that ex that exact version, which is the reason I'm recording that Magical Mystery Tour, just because of out of interest. You know, I haven't actually watched it before I had a look at putting it in that machine. That's the first time I played it because I didn't have a VHS player. But just put it on and recording it, and I'll whack it in my Panasonic 4K player, which will upscale it to 4K as well. Just see what it looks like and what it sounds like, because it's got a remastered soundtrack by George Martin from the original Elements and... You know, is there a better source of that out there? Is this the only source? Was it VHS only? So it's kind of cool to have these things that you can watch when you want to watch. You know, if I want to watch something that's standard definition only that's showing on TV in the UK, 
And there's no HD version of it anywhere. There's no anything like this. I can record it now onto a disc. And as archaic as that sounds, I am about home media formats. You know, I can remember when I first got a TV tuner for my PC, I didn't have a good um, in, um, aerial connection in my bedroom. So it was really fuzzy, really terrible. It looked like crap. But I recorded, I think, 10 minutes of the TV, um, the quiz show countdown onto a DVD burnt it finalized it and put it into um a dvd player and was like imp- trying to impress people like, hey look look countdown on dvd that's amazing and i did it with this as well like i put that top gear on i recorded it and i know this works you know i could do it on my any my backup laptop that's got a blu-ray recorder my current one doesn't have any drives at all um physical moving drives you know most of it is solid state now so I did get a kick out of doing that, an SD version of Top Gear that for some reason recorded in a weird aspect ratio and went a bit weird. Um, it worked, though. You know, I put it, once I finalized it, I forgot about that step, took it out the disk drive, put it in the um, Panasonic 4K player, and it went, no, what's this? Went back, put it in, it says, do you want to finalize it? I'm like, oh, yes, please. And it's always over-ambitious, so it take up to four minutes, and it took about 30 seconds. Same with... Um, formatting the disc it says take up two minutes and takes about four seconds i'm like okay calm down but yeah it's kind of neat to see these things so when i finish this podcast and get magical mystery tour out and shove it in the player what will it look like will it look sound good is it respectable it's not as good as laserdisc but you know that was the whole reason i went into laserdisc at the time widescreen vhs was good enough for my 28 inch sony bravia tv no it'd be a vega no what was it back then God, was it was it a Vega? I think it was a Sony Vega. Um, no, it's just a Trinton. It's a Sony Trinton wide. Sony Super Trinton wide, 28-inch. That was my TV back in the day. I have a Laserdisc player and my Sony VHS player hooked up to it. Widescreen DV, um, widescreen Laserdisc was great. <clears throat> Obviously, widescreen VHS was good enough. And there were a lot of stuff I did watch on widescreen and VHS back then. It was fine. I mean, the monitor I'm looking at right now... My new recent Facebook Marketplace deal is um, a Samsung 20-inch um, monitor, which the guy advertises 1080p, but it's actually 4K with HDR, so more for all him. But this was my main TV that I watched all the time when I lived with my parents when I was at school. You know, it was a 28-inch widescreen. That was big enough. That was epic enough. Watching laser discs on that, you know, with my surround sound, my Dolby Pro Logic surround sound, and later my Dolby Digital surround sound, it was fantastic. Now I've got a 55-inch Sony 4K in my bedroom because it was my old living room TV. And now I've got my Panasonic 55-inch OLED in the living room. You know, it's it's gone. We, we obviously upgrade and we move and we change these things around. But what is the, the line you draw, you know, where you think, I can't go back to that? You know, I whacked on, what have I put on that thing? I put on Juice, um, the Ernest Dixon film, which I really love. And it looks okay, actually. It looks pretty good. Um, I've got a few other VHSs I'm going to have to go through and have a look and a play with to see if, you know, um, they are going to, like, show me anything miraculous. I put on Star Wars. Uh, yes, that's it. Star Wars. Not A New Hope. Star Wars. I got it right for the first time. Um, which is a widescreen release of the, I suppose it would have been the Faces Laserdisc that sort of error master um it was thx it was widescreen and for some reason my widescreen version i don't know if it's the same for everyone else 
had the subtitles missing off for the alien languages like Greedo and Han. And watching it, and no one believed me about this. So like, no, you zoomed them off or whatever else. But no, I put it back on just then. Sure enough, they're not there. So, you know, that's kind of a neat oddity. You know, I can cap that and put it on a blue um, a DVD and say, hey, look, this is worth archiving, maybe. This is the one version of Star Wars that hasn't got this on for some weird reason, whether it's a glitch or whether it was an error or whatever it was. I mean, who knows? It could have been anything, to be honest. It's really strange. Um, but I like that about it. I like the fact that I can go back and look at these things. I'm getting weirdly excited by it, you know. Putting in a... When I got it, I wasn't sure because it said a little a quote-unquote error on the main screen. I'm like, oh, God, it doesn't work. So someone who moved it into... Um, their daughter bought a flat, I think, it's on eBay, and they found it in there and had the remote and everything else, and it was clean and tidy, and I'm like, okay, fair enough. I'll give it a try. Normally, these tend to go up to a couple of hundred pounds easy, sometimes more than that. So I was surprised when I got it for, like, under 30 delivered. It was It was actually a really good deal. And I thought, well, when it turns up, it won't work, or the HDMI will be broken, or someone will be screwed up with it, and something that won't work properly. Oh, no, it works. Like, everything about it works. I mean, it did say in there, we tested with VHS, it worked. Tested DVD, it played. We haven't tested recording. So, well, maybe it doesn't record. No, it records. You say, it recorded that episode of Top Gear. It's now recording Magical Mystery Tour. So, in theory, it should work. So, what I'm going to do is when these dual layer discs turn up later, I'm going to whack Star Wars in there. Or I've got 12 Monkeys, Collect Edition with a red plastic VHSs of 12 Monkeys that's in widescreen and get something like a decent quote-unquote quality. I've got to find out what the decent quality discs, um, tapes were. I know um, some SVHS tapes were released, like Indiana Jones and Last Crusade and things like that. Um, this will play SVHS, but only at VHS quality, so maybe that's worth a try. I'm going to try and loop through uh, my latest player, my backup DVD uh, 909 is under, DVL 909 is underneath it, so I'll hook that up for S-Video and see if I can get like a, a decent recording of like a laser disc or something. I might do Slipstream um, and just see what it looks and sounds like just for fun. I love this experimenting. It's really weird because, you know, putting on a vinyl. All right. Kids do that now. I mean, normally on those horrible crossly things are not like with a ceramic cartridge and all this other God awfulness. I mean, I've at least trying to do it right with, you know, a decent Sony turntable and moving magnet cartridge and, a decent pioneer um, receiver and all these other things. So, you know, how many of them are going out? They buy these cassettes of stuff. You know, I bought a brand new cassette of a new album the other week, and I can listen to it on my Pioneer Dolby SHX Pro cassette deck because I want the good stuff. You know, I want to go back and relive my childhood and my youth. Maybe it is the fact that I'm over forty now and I want to look back on this stuff and think. Oh, wow, yeah, no, I've got that album now on vinyl. And I've got the CD. And I've got the cassette. And I ripped the cassette through the SACD player to my mini disc. You know, I can listen to it on all formats. It's really sad, but I get really excited by this stuff because it is about the home media. It is about the, the fetishistic thing of owning something and holding something in your hands. Why is that? Why are we like this? I mean... It's, it's one of those weird things. It's something I want to discuss with someone like Spencer again, if I can get him back on the podcast and just say about, you know, 
why why do we do this to ourselves why do we go looking for these things why do i sit there look on ebay for film stock or for dvd and vhs players you know i mean i still want that blu-ray one one these days because that's fantastic it's a blu-ray recorder with a vhs built in that's nuts but it's fantastic the fact that someone made it and someone like panasonic made it and made it well as well that's fantastically fun so that's what i want to do i want to look at these things and like find out why we do this you know why do we do these stupid things to ourselves why do we spend all this money and all this time and all this effort on stuff that's probably going to break or go wrong you know i mean i was reading through boxes and things of cables the other day um looking for sv s video cables i haven't looked for one of those in a long time there's not much call for them in this house it's all hdmi now hdmi or display port you know it's it's you know it's it's not really the done thing to have it but I've got all that stuff because I don't throw shit out. I've got these things sitting around. If I wanted to go back and test, like I did, I got the police, um, Revis the police, everything she does is magic or whatever it's called, on SACD. But I've also got my DTS CD version so I can get that out and listen to it and compare it because I don't throw shit away. Um, it's crazy how we we keep going back. I think it is a thing for like, lost youth or whatever else these things you coveted as a kid because i can remember my mum mentioning and it's her fault about laserdisc because like oh yeah so and so have got laser play they've got nine and a half weeks on it and this was like in the 80s and i'm like what's that that sounds amazing futuristic what and then figuring out oh right okay that's what that is and then in the 90s getting my own laser player and then going from there it's it's really weird how we we look back to these things as kids and you know, my my friend who's a lot younger, close to half my age, she went and got one of those horrible Crosley like um, turntables in a suitcase because her dad used to listen to vinyl when she was a kid and she wanted to recreate that. And then she got like the Baby Driver soundtrack and all these other things. And it's like, hey, that's kind of cute. I like that. I like that people can look back on these things as like, heartwarming memories or something that they remember fondly because they should do to be honest you know if i want to watch something on dvd i could watch it on that player i'd probably put in the panasonic and upscale it to 4k but i could watch it in that and up it outputs over hdmi it's an okay enough dvd player it's still a panasonic you know but also i can grab a vhs from a charity shop or from a car boot sale and whack it in as well and have a look at that it's fascinating, isn't it, how we just keep going back to these things. But yeah, so let me know in the comments. Let me know, you know, on Patreon or whatever else. And just say, like, how far do you go back? How far would you dare go back and watch a movie? I mean, I don't like watching movies that are panascanned anyway. So I'm not going to go watch my version of I'm um, A View to a Kill. That I've got a brand new VHS I opened for this player and watch it because it's pan and scanned for one. And for two, I've got the dvd of um dvd of it and i've got the um blu-ray of it so why would i not just watch the blu-ray nostalgia that only takes you so far so how far can you go back slipstream's the only way to watch it so that's the why i watch it on there however is that always going to be the way that i'd watch it or is it going to be a new version or is there a different way you know if it's only one film i'm keeping this stuff around for does that make any sense probably not it's interesting but it's also kind of funny in a way because well where do we go from here because all this stuff's going away finding like I say a working one of these things is quite difficult so I kind of lucked out and ended up with it 
So, yeah, let me know, see what you think. And um, until next week, I'll see you again.